Welcome to the Garage Podcast. These messages are for high school students to be inspired to love God and love people. We strive to win students to Christ, train them as disciples, and send them into their world. Now let's get into this week's message. TBD, guys, to be determined. You know, I could just, like, say TBD, and that'd be my, like, whole thing, and then, like, be done with it, and then you guys, like, have to think about it. You know, it's, like, to be determined, whatever you think, but I'm not going to do that, unfortunately, and I mean, unless you guys want me to do that, but anyways, so last week, Jack delivered a great message about the disciples and how Jesus gave them... Um, a calling and told them what to do. He, he sent them. Um, he gave them a path to go down, and um, they went down it. We, we looked at it in small groups. We read the passages, um, and tonight, uh, I kind of just want to focus in on um, a disciple in specific. I want to focus in on Paul. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and learn a lot about Paul and just basically what his whole story was. Um, and to kick it off, I'm just going to go ahead and pray for us. Father God, uh, I just thank you for this night, and I thank you for this opportunity. Um, I just pray that these students, Lord, would um, leave tonight, you know, just feeling different or get something overall um, out of tonight. Um, and I just thank you overall that each and every student is here and that I'm here, and um, I just pray that you do big things tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. So to start out, we're going to go ahead and jump into some scripture. Um, we are going to be reading Acts 9, 1 through 19. So if you want to pull that up on your phone or it'll be up on the screen here in just a second. Alrighty, here we go. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. So for those of you that don't know what the way is before, like a little history lesson for you, like the way before there was Christianity and before um, it was called Christianity, it was called the way. So it's just Christianity, followers of Jesus and, and that religion. But before they had the name Christianity and Christian and this and that, it was the way. So that's what it's referring to here. Anyways... Um, he wanted to bring them both, men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So what this is saying is Saul, who's also known as Paul, he changes his name later, we'll get there, don't worry. Um, but he was a king, and he wanted to basically capture and um, put these people that were followers of Jesus, that people that followed the way, or Christianity, he wanted to put them in jail and and arrest them, and he didn't want them to have anything to do with him or any, any part of the world, hence why he's going from Jerusalem to Damascus. All right, and as we continue, it says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. The voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
So he's on his way to Damascus. He's getting ready to go and get all these people and, and, and round them all up and bring them back to Jerusalem and overall just arrest them. So he's on his way to Damascus. He's, you know, planning out how he's going to do it. And all of a sudden, boom, light. Jesus shows up then and there and talks to him. You know, I think it's kind of crazy that Jesus himself would talk to a guy like Saul, a guy like Paul that wanted nothing to do with him, wanted all of his people gone and out of existence and arrested and in jail, yet he still comes to Saul. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they had heard a sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up, picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands laying hands on him so he can see again. So God and Jesus overall gives Ananias and Saul at the same time this vision that Ananias is going to go and help Saul and pray over him. And Ananias is a priest that lives in Damascus. Um, He's a preacher and he's a Christian. And then, uh, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias doesn't want to go to Saul. He doesn't want anything to do with him. He doesn't want to pray over him. He doesn't want to help him. He doesn't want anything to do with him because he's heard of what Saul's done. Saul must have been a pretty bad man if people in Damascus are hearing of what he's doing to the Christians and believers in Jerusalem. So he doesn't want to go. He's like, no, God, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I don't want anything to do with this man. But Jesus says to him, he is my instrument. I'm going to use him. I need him for this job that Ananias doesn't know and none of us really know. But anyways, he needs him. I need to use him is what Jesus is saying. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes as he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. So Saul, this king from Jerusalem that hated Christians, didn't want anything to do with them, overall just despised God and despised what he was doing and despised Jesus and persecuted him, as Jesus said. Goes to Damascus, planning to do the same thing, meets this Jesus guy right here, light, is blind for three days, doesn't eat or drink anything, and then some guy named Ananias comes and prays over him, and he can see again. Coincidence? I don't think so. God put Saul on that mission and and 
had him go to Damascus for a reason. And I believe if Saul, somebody that persecutes and despises Christianity, if Jesus can use him, he can use each and every one of you. And I, I don't care what situation you're in. I don't, I don't care what you believe in, what you don't believe in. You might not even, this might be your first time at church, but if it is, hi guys, I'm Aaron, nice to meet you. But Saul, a hater of Christianity and somebody that doesn't want anything to do with God gets used so much by this Jesus guy. And we'll see that more here. But I just think it's crazy, absolutely blows my mind that in a matter of three days, this man goes from hating Christians, wanting to get them dead and gone and locked up for life, to now all the way over here in Damascus and gets baptized, just like that, three days. That's, that's pretty crazy to me. God does amazing things. All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump around a little bit in the book of Acts. We're going to go to Acts 16, uh, verses 16 through 26. Should be on the screen as well, yes. All right, so the title of this uh, little excerpt here is Paul and Silas in Prison. And Silas was another preacher and um, person that was alongside Paul while he was preaching um, where, where he was. Um, it says, one day, and this is Paul writing this, by the way, so it's going to be in first person, just so you guys know. It's not me talking, it's Paul. Um, one day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are, servi are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. So this lady, this girl that is possessed by demons and, and has this demon that's, that's living inside of her is <laughs> talking so much um, and and screaming and yelling as they're walking down the streets and um <laughs> she <laughs> she's just yelling and, and wants them to be persecuted and, and locked up and thrown in jail and Paul doesn't care Paul turns around and he's finally had enough of it he's like okay I can't go on with this anymore he's probably annoyed can you imagine if somebody just followed you around and was like hey these guys right here get them it's them right here these ones right here that's awful. I would not want anybody to ever do that to me. But instead of Paul being so mean and, and, you know, I mean, he could have kindly asked her to leave, but instead he saved her life. He cast this demon out of her, and he did it through the Holy Spirit. All right, continuing on. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them 
into the inner dungeons and clamped their feet in the stocks. So the lady's master, the girl's master that owned her or was her boss did not like this, did not like that they cast this demon out of her because it was making him money. And overall, who doesn't want money? You know, like every, everybody wants money. And he didn't like this, so he orders them and gets them to get arrested and beaten with wooden rods, stripped of their clothes and beaten because of what they were doing, because of saving lives. And then they get thrown into jail. And, and when, when you're in a dungeon, like, how many of you guys have, like, watched, like, you know, those movies, like, that people get, like, thrown in dungeons, like Dungeons and Dragons or whatever? Like, those are, like, the baddest of the baddest people. And this guy, like, just did it for, <laughs> just did it because he hated them. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't hurt anybody. They didn't do anything to deserve this. But just because they were Christians and they were preachers of the gospel, they were thrown in jail and beaten and whipped and suffered just because of that. All right. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. In prison, Paul, this man had to have no fear. I, I want to meet this man one day so bad. He's in prison, in a dungeon, in, in shackles, and there's shackles on his feet, and he can't move, and it's just him and Silas, and they're singing hymns. Like, you have got to have so much faith and so much, like, you just have to not care. Like, you just got to go out there and do whatever you want and, and be able to do that. Like, I would never be able to sit in jail or sit in front of somebody that was going to hit me for something and just do it right in front of their face. But they didn't care. They sang. And, then, and, and, and it says here, Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So them singing, and them worshiping, and them doing all these things was not, that's, I mean, earthquakes don't just happen every day, especially not in, in Jerusalem or Israel, wherever they are. These, these things don't just happen every day. God had to have seen and had to have known, and Paul had to have known that God was going to help him and that God knew what he was doing, and he knew that this was God's plan. He was like, oh, here we go again, another prison. Let's do it. I'm going to do this again. I do it every single time. Sit there and preach and pray and worship in prison. Oh, thanks, JT. You rock. Appreciate it. JT, guys. Round of applause for JT. Awesome. You rock. Thanks, JT. <laughs> I'll explain that later. Okay. But he's in prison, and just about everywhere Paul goes, he gets beaten and whipped and mocked and, and persecuted and thrown in jail. All these things happen to Paul. He doesn't care. He's, he's so faithful in God's plan, and he knows that all this is happening under God's control, he does not care. Like, that man, if you, like, imagine, like, have you ever had those, like, class clowns or, like, somebody in your class, like, your teacher tells you to do something, like, put your phone away, and that kid just, like, sits there with his AirPods in and his phone in, and you're like, wow, that kid is, like, that, that's crazy. 
You don't follow directions. Like, you don't care. That's, that's wild. I could never do that. But Paul has so much faith in his God and so much faith in what he's doing and what his God has sent him to do that he doesn't care. He's going to do whatever it takes to get the word out there. He's going to do whatever it takes to preach the gospel and, and get these people to follow Christ. You can't tell me that if you're not a prisoner in that jail and you hear these guys singing and then all of a sudden there's an earthquake and you're free, you're not going to be like, oh, well, that was cool. I'm going to go live my life normally, go rob another bank. No, you're going to wonder, like, wow, how did this just happen? Like, what is this? Like, who are these guys? They have to be magical. There's no way. So where I'm getting at with this, and, and that brings me to my first point, is when you have something from God and God sends you on a mission or puts you in any sort of direction, I say this all the time, and I, I believe it to be true, you have two choices. You either run from it or you run to it. And I'm sure my small group's laughing and smiling because I've said it in small groups all the time. But when God gives you directions, you either run to it or run from it. And Paul and these disciples and Silas were in prison, still running to God. They couldn't even walk, and they are still running to God and what God has for them. No matter what situation Paul was in, no matter what God threw at him, what the world threw at him, no matter what hit him, a wooden rod, uh, shackles on his feet, a dungeon, no matter what happened, he didn't care. He ran to God. Every single time it was God, God, God. He preached, he prayed, he baptized. He did everything he could to be with God and to do what God asked of him. And we read later, this won't be on the screen, but I'm kind of just throwing this in here last minute. It says, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide opened. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Stop, don't. This jailer, this guard that hated Paul, that threw him in there, that made sure he stayed in there, which he didn't. None of them did. He was the man in charge. He was the one that was in charge of all this. He needed to make sure they didn't get out, and he, he didn't. He was unable to do that. So he's mad at himself, and he knew that his boss, the guy that was ahead of him, was going to be so mad. So he didn't want to deal with him, so he was ready to end it all. He was ready to kill himself. But Paul, the man that he is, and the disciple that he is, says, no, stop. One person that persecuted Paul and wanted nothing to do with him and wanted him to be thrown in jail, he says, no, stop. We're all here. Meaning, Paul wanted this guy to be there with God, wanted to be there with him in heaven, wanted, them, wanted to walk with him on whatever road he went down. He wanted that guy to live his life, even when that guy didn't want him to. Paul was a great, great man. So I talked about two different verses and two different um, excerpts from, from Acts. And my first one talked about Saul, who's also Paul, changes his name, um, going to Damascus to round up all these Christians and throw them in jail in Jerusalem and just overall torture them. But Jesus says, no, I have other plans for you. And he takes this man from, in literally three days, y'all, three days, from hating them to preaching to them to converting them to 
who even knows down the road that, that he changed so many lives, baptized so many people in like that, in like the snap of his fingers. Why can't he do that with you? I know for a fact he can. And I, I think it's probably the most powerful thing to me from this is that he took a man like Saul that was beating and, and hated his kind and overall just a sinner and he used him. He took the worst of the worst, somebody that wanted nothing to do with him, somebody that was a terrible, terrible person, did terrible things to people. And he, at the snap of his fingers, he was like, boom, changed, done. Let's go, go preach, go to Damascus, go to Jerusalem, go to Israel. I'm gonna use you. In the snap of his fingers. And he can do that with you guys. There's nothing holding him back and holding you back. There's nothing that was holding Paul back. Clearly, he was singing in prison. From living eternity with God and, and going out with, with God's plan and seeking him through everything. And then my second part, my second um, reading from Acts 16, that one thing that sticks out to me is this man is in jail and whipped and beaten and hurt because of saving somebody's life that they probably didn't know that. And he still, no matter what, he doesn't care. I, I guarantee you he's in pain, he can't move. He doesn't care. Him and Silas are probably sitting in their cell singing, singing hymns, worshiping putting his faith and his trust in God, knowing that he's going to provide for him. And guess what? He did. That jail's gone. That guard, pff, no guard can stop God. Are you kidding? No jail can stop God. Nothing can stop God. So as the band comes back up, I want to leave you guys with this one question. And don't worry, I will go back to it, and I will talk about it. I love talking, by the way, guys. That's why I have a mic in my hand. Anyways, my question is, what is holding you back? We've, we've gone through this series, TBD, To Be Determined. They kicked us off with the question, now what? Jack answered it. And now we have another question. What is holding you back? But this time we're not going to answer it. We can't answer it for you. I can't answer it for you. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know you guys are in high school. I know high school is hard. I know it's really hard. Believe me, I hate it. I am so ready to be done. Freshmen, I love you guys, but it only gets harder from here. So come back, please, and see me. But, <laughs> sorry, Emmy. What is so much more important to you guys in your high school lives? What's so much more important to you than what God has in store for you? Because Paul didn't care. He knew when he was, he didn't know when he was going to Damascus that he was going to be blind for three days and then some guy named Ananias was going to come and pray over him and he was automatically going to be fine and be able to eat and drink again and see everything. He had no idea. But he knew that that was God. And he knew that he could do big things like that. And when that big thing happened, it changed him. And he went from not caring, not wanting anything to do with him, hating the people that did want even anything to do with him, to not caring, to going to that jail, going and casting that demon out of that girl, 
and preaching and following his word and singing in prison. That is, that's, that's insane to me. He didn't care where he was. He didn't care who he was around. He was going to tell you about Jesus. I guarantee you every single town, every single prison, every single thing or person that was near him heard about Jesus Christ and who he was and how good he was. And I'm not saying that that has to be God's plan for you. I'm not saying that is God's plan for you. Believe me, I have no idea what God's plan for you is. I wish I could even imagine what God's plan for you is because he does big things, y'all. And there's nothing, there's not a prison, there's not a guard, there's not people in this world, there's not an addiction, there's not school, there's not a teacher, there's not a parent, there's not a friend, there's nothing in this world that can hold you back from what God has planned for you. There is nothing in this world and out of this world that can hold you back or hold God back from getting to you. There's nothing holding him back. What's holding you back? Maybe it's an addiction. I've been there, believe me. Maybe it's friends. Maybe you're not in the right friend group. Maybe you don't have a lot of friends that you can go to with your problems. Look, y'all, room full of them right here. Each and every person in this room loves you guys. I love you. Know that for a fact. Maybe it's family. But look, you guys are here now. You found a way to get here. You're trying. That's all, you can, that's all God asks. Give him a chance. Just let him. There's not an addiction. There's not a, a thing in this world, a person, a place, a thing, anything, nothing. You think of it, like think of it right now and then just get rid of it. It's gone. God can do that. And he's gonna do it. And I believe that. So I want you guys to think tonight. I want you guys, while we're worshiping and, and as we go into prayer and, and small groups and, and things this week, I want you to think of what's holding you back. What is something in this new year? It doesn't even have to change. You know, we talk about this all the time. Everybody needs a new year's resolution. Their whole life has to change. You don't have to change your whole life because God can. So let's take one small thing and make it better and let God work. You do the small stuff, God will do the rest. I guarantee it, I promise you. So take that one thing that you're thinking of and just try, please. Because I'm telling you now, it'll change your life forever. Change Paul's, change mine. I'm sure it changed Jack's. Anybody's you can think of it will change your life. So please, just try and keep going. Give him a chance. I know it's hard. High school sucks, I'm sorry. I know you wanna give up, but please, just give him a chance. All right, pray with me. Father God, I just thank you for this day and I thank you overall for your goodness and, and your ways that you work and the miraculous things that you do. Father, I just lift you up and I just pray that any person in this room or anybody that may be struggling or, or has something on their mind that's holding them back, I just pray that you would remove this thing and give them that little bit of peace that I know you can bring and that peace of the world that you brought and that you still bring. 
Father, I just pray that each and every person in this room would be touched by you tonight as we worship. And I just pray that as we go into this week, Lord, that something would change and you would be able to take this thing and run with it and that these people would follow you. Each and every person in this room is here for a reason tonight and I truly believe that. Father, I just thank you that you brought them. Thanks for listening. If you like these messages and want more information, visit our website at garagestudents.com. And remember, you are loved and prayed for and you are accepted here just as you are.